We did it. 100 episodes of the Q&A podcast. How you doing, folks? My name is Anthony. Sitting right next to me, as always, as always, is my pal, DeQuincy. Hey, everybody. I'm surprised your intro was a lot more subdued than I was expecting. I was expecting some kind of, woo, I did episode, woo, wacky intro. Every time we do one of these, you surprise me. <laughs> That's and I thank you. What it's all about, man. It's all about surprises. Um, yeah, 100 episodes, many years to get here, <laughs> but 100 episodes nonetheless. Yeah. We started four years ago. Really? I think. Wow. I think it was four years ago. Um, we've moved from the middle room of my apartment to my living room now. Uh, first, we were in the downstairs garage. We were, that's right. And then we moved up. Now we've moved over <laughs> slightly. Um, yeah, it's you know it's been fun. Mm-hmm. It's been um, it's been time consuming. It's <laughs> that's not a good thing. It's been time consuming. Well, I mean, no, no, you know, just try to coordinate. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's hasn't been easy. You know, you know, we have lives and. You know, yeah. we have families and jobs. Yeah, you know, finding time is is hasn't always been easy, but um, still fun nonetheless. And it gives us a chance to talk about, you know, a lot of sports and, and just the things that interest us and catch up and definitely catch up. And um, it's been great because if we didn't take this time to if we didn't set aside this time to talk about the Astros or talk about wrestling or talk about movies that are, that are coming out mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever is going on, uh, who knows if we have time to talk, you know, if we would talk about it anyways, you know. I can only text so much yeah, yeah. <laughs> until I'm like, you know what, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, yeah. And this is good to get together. We don't get together with our friends as much as we used to. Yeah, and times have definitely changed. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, we're, we're still hanging on, yeah. <laughs> you and I. Yeah, it's just you and me, buddy, till the end. Till the end. Or until we get mad at each other and then this whichever one comes first. And we've we've gone a few years without that happening. Yeah, so good. that's that's, that's good. Many more years. Um So going down the list, let's talk about something that I know you consider very, very important, and it's also important to me and your mother and father. Your birthday You Past, birth- yeah, yeah, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Friday, you are, how old are you now? I'm 31. Yeah. I tell Tanisha this, I swear, every year when your birthday rolls around, I don't know why, but I always think you're younger than what you are, because I'm 32, so you're only one year behind me. Right. But I always think you're like four or five years younger. (laughs) I think it's the hair. But I remember one time, what was it? I think it was like last year or something, like... We were talking, and I was like, yeah, I'm just tired. You understand what it's like when you hit your 30s and everything slows down. You, like, looked at me and, like, dude, I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, the 30s are here. You know, they're, they're well underway at this point. Um, and uh, I feel, you know, I don't feel my age yet. So that I think that's a good thing. I'm, you know, counting my blessings in that, you know, in, in – uh, with that aspect, but uh, yeah, man, you know, I'm finally, you know, I've 
it's weird because I still feel kind of I still have like uh, youthful tendencies that you know I think a lot of our friends kind of still maintain and, and I think that's a good thing I think that's what keeps us young and it's what um, you know keeps us keeps us alive man it's, it's uh, this generation is definitely different I mean like my parents you know by their 30s I was already like almost a teenager you know I was they they got started very young wow, that's, you know man. I was like 10 11 at the time you know by the time their 30s rolled around yeah, about the same so my mother had me when she was 21 so in her 30s I was 9 10 years old yeah so it's like <clears throat> you know I can't imagine being that guy you know um, having a kid that young and, and so it's it's kind of kept me. Uh, it's it's kind of allowed me to um, to maintain my own sense of. I don't want to say immaturity, but I guess youthfulness. Mm -hmm. You know, without having to completely grow up. I mean, well, if you ever want a dose of reality, I'll let you babysit anytime. <laughs> babysit, you know, having a child, especially a five-year-old and a hyperactive one. Right. You look, you look around. I always say children are the best and worst things that we ever do to ourselves. Yeah. Because they're great and terrible because they're the best of you and the worst of you. And um, I just want to say, Tanisha said, I guess she must have, her ears must have been burning because while she just sent me a message to tell you to say hi. Oh, okay. Tell her I said hello I, as well. I shall. And, uh, yeah. Any, babysitting anytime. I'll drop him off. <laughs> now I will literally put him on the doorstep, knock on the door, and take off running. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later. Cause the child protective service if you want. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, but yeah, man. Happy birthday. Happy belated Thanks, birthday. I'm glad that you made it around this earth another time. And it's a uh, great yeah. being with you. One more turn. One more turn around. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I feel good. Looking forward to a new another year, you know. And I like, you know, my birthday is it's in November, so it's like it's just the beginning of, it's just like literally two days after Halloween, mm -hmm. and once that, once my birthday hits, like it's full on holiday season, man. It's yeah. Thanksgiving to look forward to, the Christmas, New Year's. New Year's yeah. Um, so you know the the rest of the year gets busy. Um, and it's like, if I don't necessarily do a whole lot on my birthday, it's okay because it's like, I'm gonna. You're gonna have opportunities to make plenty. Up for it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty of opportunities to to see friends and family and and celebrate. It doesn't, and it's like I'm at this point where, you know, I don't have any milestone birthdays coming up for a while, so it's like, my birthday is to me it's it's you know it's nice it's nice to get messages and calls and stuff like that obviously but it's like um, for me you know I, I'm just going about my day I went and voted and you know last day of early voting I you know I was off that day I was off on Friday as well so I was able to you know just do things you know or you know take care of run errands and uh, do things for myself and, and stuff like that and uh, <clears throat> and so like Spending the holidays with friends and family, it's, it, to me, it's more important. Like, it's more meaningful than, you know, just whatever, you know, 
November 2nd is great. It's a great day. It's my birthday. <laughs> but um, I I enjoy the days where it's it's about everybody, you know. Not where it's not just about me because I don't need, you know, you know, I don't I don't need all the attention uh, always. That that may be true, but we're about to get into something that will be just about you. Okay. UFC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, UFC, what was it? 230. 230? Yeah. I was, was going to say 234. Yeah, UFC 230 was uh, last night. Saturday night. And, and uh, uh, it was for, it was in New York, Madison Square Garden, most famous arena in the world. Uh, the main event was the heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier, against Houston's own number two ranked Derek the Black Beast Lewis. Black Beast Lewis. And... Um, It's the only time. It's the only time I'll ever root against Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier is the epitome of a champion. He is. He's the most deserving champion ever, because he's a good guy. He's a world class, you know, wrestler. Um, he's a student of the game. He's. Uh, Respectful to the business. He's a big guy doing athletic things, which I like. Can't can't argue with that either. And, um, you know, he keeps his nose clean. You know, he's all about business. Mm -hmm. And so he's a very worthy champion. He's the current heavyweight champion and the current light heavyweight champion. And so it's hard for me. It's like, how can I root against a guy like that? And so really the only time would be is if he's if he's fighting someone from Houston. That's really the only way that I'll root against that guy. And so I was rooting against him, of course, but it didn't go our way Saturday night. Um, and I'm not surprised. You know, he took care of business. And you know, he's an Olympic wrestler, former Olympic wrestler. And Derek Lewis, you know, is a guy who hasn't put it all together. He has gotten by on his power. We saw that at UFC 229, mm -hmm. where he came back and won a fight he was losing, and he knocked the, he knocked that big Russian out. I mean, it was classic. A nice little comeback. Yes, I remember that match. It was amazing. It was an amazing finish to that fight. Um, but the reality is, he just didn't have the skill set to to. Um, to make to challenge DC, and uh, it's great that he got the opportunity, that he got the exposure, um, but it was something that I think a lot of people, you know, I think people were expecting it to go the way it went, and you know, he he uh, got the submission in the second round. He wrestled uh, Derek Lewis. He didn't really take a lot of. Um, he didn't take a huge chance against uh, Lewis's punching power mm -hmm. and try to take him down quickly as, as quickly as possible and, and he succeeded and eventually by the second round he was able to control you know his back take his back and, and you know throw the uh, the rear naked choke and got the submission and so, so um, that was the main event and the the rest of the card was okay. I mean, it was... 
I was just about to ask you, was the card worth the price? Um, for me, it always is because I, I like. I mean, I'm a fight fan, and you know, I'm, I'm interested in you know potential matchups and um, you know certain things. Like I'm looking, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to. Speaking of looking forward to, yeah. So who's next in line for the uh, heavyweight championship? Uh, it's Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean everybody wants that fight. Cormier wants that fight. The UFC wants the fight. Lesnar obviously wants the fight. Um, the only thing you know, he has to stay clean. He has to serve out his suspension from uh, USADA, which is the United States. Anti-doping, oh, anti-doping agency. Mm-hmm. And his so, suspension is up in January, correct? I believe the end of January, beginning of February, some sometime around there. And so the stars are aligned for that fight to happen because Cormier, you know, fought uh, on pretty much a short notice. For the he, you know, he took this fight on short notice. Um, this is the third time he's fought in 2018. He. Um, you know, come out of all those fights relatively unscathed. I think he had a hand injury after uh, he won the heavyweight title. But um, you know, three times in one year for anybody is is impressive. Three victories in one year, so he's earned a break. You know, some time off, a few months, and then his plan is to retire after or when he turns. By the time he turns forty, and he turns forty in the middle of March of 2019. So, you know, he he hinted at wanting to defend the light heavyweight title, but then this fight with Lewis came up. And ultimately, he wants to defend the heavyweight title against Brock Lesnar and then go off into the sunset. So do you think he'll defend the light heavyweight title between now and Lesnar? No, I, I, don't, I don't see it happening. I think... Um, I mean, he talked about it in his press conference, like, because he came into, he weighed in for the fight this past Saturday at 251, 251 pounds, and the light heavyweight division is 205 pound limit, and, you know, he, he's fought there regularly, I mean, he's fought there for years now, and, you know, he, he's made it clear that he, he he's a professional and will do everything he can to get down to... 205 pounds to fight at light heavyweight, but really, you're this close to retirement, why would you do it? There's no other fights left for you. Um, there's no need to get down to that weight. Um, so the only way he's going to fight at 205 is if he were to fight John Jones, who's back from suspension as well. And... Jones has made it clear he's got nothing to prove against DC. You know he's he's already beaten him twice. The circumstances, whatever. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Gets suspended shortly after those fights. You know, testing positive. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Cormier accepted the fact that he was beaten by this man in those fights. So, in Jones's eyes, he's really there's really nothing left for him to prove against Cormier. I don't think there's anything left for Cormier to prove at 205. So the best thing would be to, you know, get plenty of rest and 
make sure that Brock, you know, uh, makes it to to uh, the fight in March. And he's already stated that if something happens and Lesnar can't pass a drug test, can't stay clean, then he'll grant Stipe Miocic a rematch. The guy he beat for the heavyweight title back in July. So um, there's options out there for Cormier. I think everybody wants to see him fight Lesnar because that's just a big fight. It's a big money fight. Um, But if he doesn't get that fight, then he's he's always got um, a very notable fight. I mean, a very interesting and um, uh, tough fight in a rematch against Stipe. You think uh, Cormier... Uh, Lesnar will bring in the most buys UFC has ever had man that's tough I don't know Um, I don't I don't think so I think Connor and Habib was so pop I think that was the the top the top uh, pay-per-view buy Uh, Ronda Rousey's had big time pay-per-view buys Uh, Connor I mean Basically, anything Conor McGregor is involved in is going to be on pace for record record number of buys. I don't know if I don't know if uh, this fight is going to get that close. I don't think it'll. I think it, they, it has a chance to get to a million pay per view buys, but okay. So the uh, McGregor Khabib fight. 2.4 million buys. Where does that rank? That's number one. The UFC? Yeah. Yeah, the I don't UFC. see that. I don't see that fight getting those numbers. Um, there was a lot of international um, international intrigue <laughs> behind that fight. You know, there were people from Ireland that were invested in this fight. People from Russia were invested in this fight. You know, you United States fight fans you know, the, the interest came from all over. I don't know if that pay-per-view, I don't know if that matchup does the same, has the same interest to fight fans worldwide. Um, so I think it'll do well, but I don't see it being an all-time bestseller. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, sorry. All right, so we talk about UFC. Yes. We brought up Lesnar. Yes. So let's move on to WWE. Oh boy. Okay. Um, we'll start with the biggest news that's happened since um, we last spoke. Roman Reigns. Yeah, that was which uh, released the uh, Universal title because he's his uh, leukemia has returned. Um, the amazing thing that everybody keeps, you know, or everybody brought up when the story broke is that, you know, he he beat this eleven years ago, mm-hmm. before he was even in professional wrestling, and the fact that he went eleven years without anybody finding out about this, without the company, uh, because obviously the company has to know that he's a cancer survivor, you know, when you do tests and 
you know, stuff like that in terms of making sure your performers are, are healthy. Um, you know, background checks and stuff like that. But the fact that the company didn't use his story in some manner to push, you know, Susan G. Komen, or, well, I guess not that one, but um, to push cancer awareness. Not just cancer awareness, the fact that they didn't use his cancer to push him. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I mean. I'm sorry. I mean, that's an obvious, an obvious way to get the crowd behind you and become babyface. You come out and say, hey, I battled cancer and won. Right. Yeah, the, the toughest match of all. Mm-hmm. And I beat it. Um, it's amazing that nobody knew about this. And nobody, you know, that, you know, his, his integrity is so strong that, you know, he didn't want it. For, I mean, for better lack of words, exploited, you know, and obviously it, if it comes, it, it came back in the middle of his, you know, in the middle of his run as a professional wrestler. So it's, it's hard not to address it this time around. And it will, it galvanized everybody. Fans, performers, wrestlers all over the world, you know, everybody came in support for came in support for this guy. Yeah, because you know you can boo Roman Reigns, but when he stands up there and says, "I had leukemia and it was in remission, and now it comes back," it's like boo. Oh, it's like oh, it's like boo. You gotta eat that boo. It's Those like, boos went away quickly. I don't think I've ever heard. Arena get that quiet that fast in my entire life. No, <clears throat> not at all. And <clears throat> um, it was so shocking because I missed the start of it by like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, saw the recap five minutes later and I said, What? I was completely shocked. And then you, I went and you know I read, went online and it says that it said that he had missed the house shows over the weekend and people were like, "What's that all about?" But then they figured out oh, it's just a weekend off. But or it was like just, a big house show apparently, or just like some kind of nagging injury, right? And, but the fact that he missed like, I, from what I understand, they were pretty big house shows. You know, uh, I don't want to say it was New York, but I think it was, it was somewhere like. It was supposed to, like, it, it drew, you know, they had been promoting this house show for a while, and it was supposed to have a big crowd. And the fact that he wasn't there raised, you know, raised enough eyebrows, and then, um, then it happens. And it all makes sense, you know, why he missed that weekend, and just completely shocking, man, and, and completely, um, not... I mean, not being critical, but it, I mean, it, the reality is it, it turned wrestling on its, you know, on its axis. It, it completely changed the course of wrestling for, you know, for a long time now. Yeah. You know. Yeah, changed wrestling that night. Um, Elias' face, uh, looks like Braun Strowman's face again, and Dean Ambrose is hailing it up. Right. It, it, I mean, it changed instantly. And they had to throw out the playbook and write a whole new one. 
And I gotta say, you know, in terms of storylines and stuff, I like the direction that they're going with these with these guys. I, I would agree. I just wish it was under better circumstances. I'm yeah. you know, same as you. Um, I, I don't know what else to say except I, I'm hoping he beats he beats leukemia and he comes back whenever. Yeah, yeah. He'll get the biggest baby face pop whenever his music hits. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, um, man. I'm trying to think what best case scenario two years. 2020? I would say, yeah. After WrestleMania 2020? Yeah. Oh, well. Just our hearts and our prayers go out to Roman Reigns and his family during this difficult time. Of course. All right, sticking with WWE, you want the good topic or you want the bad topic? I'll go good. All right, good. Let's go with, yeah, in chronological order. Let's go good. Uh,. WWE Evolution, the first ever uh, pay-per-view, all women's pay-per-view WWE has produced. Um, wow. I It's probably, not probably, it is the best pay-per-view that WWE has put on this year for me. Um, I love from, even the bad matches were still good. Yeah. Well, not bad, I said that. Even the worst I say bad, yeah. bad is better than worse. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I, I liked it. I, I was. Um, it was interesting. Like it was going into it, you know. It's like, hmm, how am I gonna? Am I gonna? Is it gonna keep my attention going? Mm-hmm. Because obviously, the men you know dominate the storylines the storylines you know more times than not surround you know involve the male wrestlers and that's why most people watch it's because of what is being put up told you know on television by about these these guys so the women don't always they don't get a, they historically have never gotten enough screen time to Develop storylines to matter at all. To, exactly. Besides, like a bra and panties match. Right. So even even the Charlotte Flair Becky match. How is that gonna? You know, how how is that match? How is that story going to um, uh, anchor a pay per view? How is Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey? How, how is that gonna anchor a pay per view? And keep my attention for two to three hours, and they did it, and they they managed to do it. Um, all the matches were good. They all had varying levels of uh, um, entertainment, and. The two title matches were phenomenal. Let's just go through the matches. Yeah. All right. First one, uh, Trista S and Lita defeated Mickey James and Alicia Fox. Okay, so I get, you know, the first All Women's Pay Per View. You got to pull out all the stops. You got to bring out all the big guns, and it doesn't get any bigger than Trish Stratus and Lita being on on that show 
performing on that show. And it was supposed to be those two against Mickey James and Alexa Bliss. And unfortunately for Alexa Bliss, in terms of being a part of something you know, historical or historic, um, she got hurt, she mm-hmm. got injured. They never really said what it was, or I think they said it was a concussion. And that she wasn't, you know, she wasn't cleared to perform that night. So it's very, very unfortunate that she wasn't, because she's, you know, she's a current star right now. You know, Lita and Trish are stars from the past. Mickey James is a star from the past who still performs today. But Alexa Bliss is a star today. She's a fantastic heel and a very unlikable heel and gets the job done in that regard does what a heel is supposed to do so it's really unfortunate that she was not able to take part as a performer on the other hand it's probably the best thing that could have happened to her because there's no way Trish and Lita are working that show and not winning that's true so she saves face and doesn't come out on the losing end of that match. Oh, I she's because you have to you have to keep her momentum going because wouldn't that still happen if uh Mickey James eats the pin? No, because she's still she's still if on Mi- that losing side. Let's say if Mickey James eats the pin and then Alexa Alexa uh yeah, Alexa beats her up after and calls her weak for losing doesn't that still keep the heat on her I think it the heat's there but it it just is like um, it's like okay alright she beat her up I'm gonna boo her tomorrow but not because she beat up Mickey James just but because she's a heel I don't think it added. To, I don't think it would have added to. It also team. gives her a storyline because she's not going to be in the title picture anytime soon. True, but it's a storyline we've already seen and we've seen recently. You know, her and Mickey James going back and forth, friends or enemies. You know, it's kind of okay. You're right. It's kind of run its course at this point. But you know, obviously, wrestling against Lita, wrestling against Trish would have been a huge deal. But you're sacrificing your own legacy at this point or your your um, your rising legacy because you're trying to you're, you're trying to ensure your own legacy and you're only going to hurt yourself if you are, are you know are forced to take that pin or forced to take that fall um, <clears throat> and Lita and Trish I think looked good in the ring I think you know they were still a little a little off. It wasn't the best match, but um, it was believable that they could get the job done against Mickey James and Alicia Fox. And also, they look they look like they could go like sure, like hey, can uh, we give y'all a contract to stay until WrestleMania? Right. And in fact, a bunch and let's talk about the next match going moving on to the. Uh, the battle royal. There were a lot of old, the um, 
women from 10, 15 years ago coming back to look like 20, 25. To, yeah, look like wow, you're you're you you are in phenomenal shape. Yeah, I don't know if it's just because when men when the men come back, a lot of times they just let themselves go. Of course, the women come back and it's like some of them like like Trish look better now than they did in their heyday. Sure. So, uh, but let's move on to the battle royal. I, I personally don't like battle royals, for the simple fact it's like everybody waits till the last person gets in the ring to start fighting. It's like, just start fighting now. Sure. And even, but that's a royal rumble then. No, but even if you can't eliminate them, at least you can beat their beat them up before <laughs> the match begins, and then make it easier to throw them over the rope. But it makes sense this time because it's like, it was a ceremony as well. Like, all the women got their... You got to see all their their intros. You know, they all got announced. It was a parade. It was a parade of these women from the past and present, you know, being paraded down the aisle, you know, down the ramp. And, hey, remember her? You remember Alundra, Alundra Blaze? You remember Ivory? Molly Holly, Kelly Kelly, Tori Wilson. Let's see. Oh, oh, oh ones. Uh, Look, there's Tamina Snuka. You know, the Iconics are here. You know, they're... In and out. In and out, but they're here. Um, <clears throat> I like the fact... Mm-hmm. What I liked most about the Battle Royal, and it's also what I disliked, because... Kind of. Because it's like, I'm not... I mean, I'm not a huge Nia Jax fan. I mean, I get that, you know, she's a, a, a she's a really good character, a strong character. Um, so, you know, in that sense, like, as a fan, like, I'm, I was rooting, you know, for someone else, obviously. Or, you know, I would, would look for someone else to root for. But what I liked is that they went the predictable route. They went with the biggest, strongest girl in the match going over and, and winning the match. Well, you say it's predictable, but how many times in Royal what? Rumbles or Battle Royals when that, it's the that, men that the right. biggest, strongest guy actually wins? I, you, I, I just caught that. I just caught that, and I what I meant was what should be the predictable outcome. Let's go through those Royal Rumbles and see how many times Big that, Show came saying. out on top. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is when you look at a, a battle royal, you, you know, on paper, the predictable outcome should be that the biggest, strongest performer in the battle royal should win, but they never do. Yeah, no. Big Show's never won a Royal Rumble. Kane has never won, won the Royal Rumble. I don't think The Undertaker's won the Royal Rumble. Uh, they all, you know, Mark Henry's never won the Royal Rumble. But they went with what should be the predictable outcome, and they they went with Nia Jax because it only made sense. There was nobody else in that match that could match her, and could be you know that should be worthy enough of, of beating her in that match, in that particular match, Quick getting side. her over the top. Quick side note: that always kills me when it's a lead up to like the Royal Rumble, and the announcer are like, "Oh, who?" Who could dare be take out the big show? He'll throw eight people out at one time. And then you get to the match, it's like, oh no, two people will throw him out quite easily. Everybody's getting him out. Yeah. 
The Great Khali never won a Royal Rumble. You know, so I liked it. I mean, I liked that they they pulled the trigger on that. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I started, I came into Evolution late, so I caught, like, at the beginning from the Battle Royal on. Um, Ember Moon, uh, I think there's going to be a championship in her future in 2019. I'm predicting that right now. She just has the the talent and the athletic system to be um, be just carry the the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, one thing that I worry about worry that I worry about is her finisher. Oh man, yeah. Because we 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 watched Stone Cold Steve Austin and we saw all the times he landed on his ass doing the stunner and what's that what that does what that has done to him in his old age. Now imagine doing that from the top rope. Yeah, and flipping. Yeah. And do it. Yeah. So I think she's gonna within the next th- three years or so she's gonna need a different finisher just to save herself a, a safer style. Uh, but I think she, she's going to be one, one of the best on the main roster, a championship contender within by next year. Yeah, I mean she's got a character that's, it's different. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of uh, mysterious, brood esque, brood esque, but not like um, silly brooding. You know, it's just kind of an, it's kind of edgy. Hmm. <sighs> Sorry, edgy Twilight vampire. Yeah, without like sparkling. Yeah, <laughs> fangs and stuff like that. All right. Uh, moving on. Next match: Tony Storm defeated Io Shirai. So to, for the uh, to win the May Young Classic, second annual May Young Classic. Who won last year? Was it Baszler? No, it was Kyrie Sane. Oh, okay. So I didn't watch the May Young Classic at all. I just. There's just a lot of wrestling, and it's hard to watch everything. Um, so the May Young Classic didn't make the cut this year, mm-hmm. and uh, but you know, the good thing is I can always go back and watch it on the network. I can watch it anytime I want. You know, I, and I, I do want to find some time to go back and watch some of those matches. So honestly, I didn't watch this match. I let I let it run. I kind of um, like did something else for a few minutes like I you know I stepped away from that match okay um, we don't talk about it much yeah. only thing I would say about it is um, Tony Storm I don't know what it is but she's got but it but she's got it because I've seen other matches of hers and she's got it she has that um, Shawn Michaels like charisma where if she's on screen during the match you're focused on her no matter what else. so She's gonna be a star. Um, I think she's gonna be NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's when she hits the main the main roster, she's gonna take off. Well, let me say that because we saw we've seen what happened with Bailey and with um, Becky Lynch for a while there. I'm hoping when she makes it to the main roster, she just takes off like a gun. Uh, moving on, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia defeat the Riot Squad in a six woman tag team match. It's a good match, but again, like this is this is a problem in terms of like my level of interest. Like there was no reason for me to be interested in this feud in this match at all. 
and it, in part because the women don't get enough time for these these stories to, to unfold and it just felt very put together you know the past couple of weeks you know the the Bella twins turn heel so there's no reason for the riot squad to be in any uh, to be in a, in a prime feud against mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey and the Bella twins because they don't need to you know you can't feud those those factions are no longer there to feud so you move on to whatever Bailey and and Sasha Banks are doing and you just throw in Natalia it turns out to be a really good match but I don't know that until after the fact until after the match happens I kind of skimmed through that one too One great thing for me about this match is I actually got to watch Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan because my experience with them on the main roster has been extremely limited. I haven't watched, I don't combine, I don't think I've seen more than three minutes of them wrestling Mm -hmm. before Evolution. And to watch them, their wrestling styles and how they work together with the two of them and Ruby Riot, it was a joy to watch. It's like, oh, I am interested. And and watching you three ladies now, because it's always kind of like it's obviously it's Ruby Riot Squad. It's named after her after all. But I watching them too. I'm like I'm sucked in. I care more about them now than I did a week ago. Right. I mean, I want to see them continue to develop going forward. Mm-hmm. I want to see them be in more meaningful stories. That just wasn't the case going into the match. I'm I like Ruby Riot, man. I. I She's had good matches with Ronda Rousey. She's mm-hmm. had good matches with Sasha Banks. She's a really great performer. And, you know, the problem is just the women just don't get enough time. And so you, you have a ta- talent like that, and she just doesn't really get to shine as often as she should at this point. Yeah, I agree with you completely. But great Unexpected great match. Um, anything else on it? You want to move on? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, next match: Shayna Baszler defeated Kari Sane for the NXT Women's Championship. Did not see this one coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm already tired I thought, of four horse women. Really? Of MMA. It's like, mean, is that the only way that Baszler's gonna win that match? Come on. Can you really call them the four horse women when there's only three? Yeah, whatever they're called. Even. Like even if, like even if they call the other three up tomorrow, they're probably either gonna all go to SmackDown, or if they go to Raw, they're not gonna have any interactions with Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Because with Roman Reigns gone, Rousey is the biggest babyface in WWE. Mm-hmm. So they're not gonna have any kind of, you know, not gonna be like, oh, we're gonna team them up together. It's like no, these three are heels. She's obviously a face. They're not gonna have anything to do with it. So it's the three horsewomen. Right. And they're very special, popular friend. And it's like, as much as I will, uh, like MMA, as much as I like wrestling, these three, I mean, well, no, the other two. But because I think Shayna Baszler has been on screen long enough, you know, I've seen her enough to enjoy her work. I think she's a good performer. Uh, she's very unlikable as a heel, 
you know, this, this bully who used to fight professionally and because of that she can pretty much beat up legitimately beat up anybody she wants to. And I like that. You know, she she knows how to play that angle up. Um, but the other two, I guess I just haven't seen them enough to know if they have the um, like if they have a natural feel for being a, a professional wrestler. Are they on NXT TV or are they still just in the, the Not performance yet. center? I think they're still okay. performance center. Shayna Baszler to me seems like the person that would whoop your ass and then just get on top and just pound you until you pass out. Yeah. yeah she seems very unlikable like that. And that's what makes her a good heel. She's a great heel. Yeah. I'm interested. And I, I really like uh, uh, Kairi Zane. She's a great wrestler. Yeah, both, both of them put, um, put on an excellent match. This is like a, what was the last match they had for the NXT title. At Brooklyn. Yeah. Takeover yeah, during SummerSlam. Yeah, they, I don't know. Their chemistry just works works great together. And that's all. I love when, you know, when two talents, you you can just sense that it just they click, and you want to see them keep going. You know, you, maybe not every night or every week on Raw or SmackDown or whatever, but when they have a match, you want it to be meaningful and you want it to go thirty minutes. <laughs> and I feel like we're gonna see this more going on, because you have people coming in to the performance center. They train together. They work together. They move to NXT again, training together, working together, and then you go to the WWE, SmackDown, Raw, 205, whatever, and it's like you have that chemistry from working together for years, right. training together. So we're, I feel like we're going to see this more where it's just like we're getting excellent matches time and time again because people just they just know their rhythm. They know what to do, what they can't do with, uh, with the other wrestlers. And that's... Golden age, baby. We are in the golden age. And that's really always been the the point of the, you know, house shows. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the idea that these guys are working every night with each other to really get it down. And by the time you go to TV, it's like you've, you've worked out enough of the kinks to make it interesting, to make it entertaining. So... Yeah, the, the train is it, it just keeps on rolling in, in that regard. And not only are we seeing, um, you know, we're always going to see chemistry. Um, we're always going to see that chemistry between performers. But what makes it really great is when the performers are just when they're just that good, like they pick up on the business, you know, better than, better than their peers, you know, the best performers, you know, who can, who really get it, you know, who, who really uh, know how to, 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 you know, grab your uh, interest. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of the best performers, grab your interest. Next match, my contender for match of the year, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Fair, Flair. 
for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. That was last woman standing match. Yo, that match was fire. That was one of the best, like one of the best matches. One of the best, um, like physical matches I've seen in a long time. It just and and they did. What was so you know what I, I liked most is that like they told the, or they you know the progression of the match was pretty much on par with any kind of last man standing match. I mean, you had a lot of chaos. You had you know all these like it was cool to see women throw thirty five chairs in the ring. It was cooler to see that than it was, you know, than it is to see two guys throw all these chairs in the ring and, you know, someone's going to get slammed onto the to the chairs. Because it's like, you've never seen that before between the women, so you don't know if they're going to actually go through with that spot. Is someone going to get body slammed through, a, is a woman going to get body slammed through a pile of chairs or suplexed through a pile of chairs? We don't know. Someone going through a table... Yeah, is, yeah. Well, she, is she actually gonna put her through a table? Yes. Will well, she? Ju- will yes. Becky let's jump from the ring and and uh, put Charlotte through a table? Yes. Well, I mean, we've we've seen that happen, but in the past. But it's like the chair. You know, all those chairs. Like, are we gonna do that? And they did it. And another thing that we've seen that we've seen a lot of these last standing. Last man, last person standing matches is the spot where someone gets buried, literally gets buried by chairs and and the desk and just a bunch of crap. You just you literally bury them under all this stuff, and it's fifty. You know, it's literally. I guess it feel it feels fifty fifty. I feel like half the time I've seen them. I I've, I feel like half of the last man standing matches I've seen, the person that's getting buried finds a way to, to get out of it and beat the ten count, and then the other half it's like that's how that's how Bruno Del Rio beats the Big Show in a last man standing match for the heavyweight title, buries him with a with a, the announce desk, he topples the announce desk over on him, onto him. Um, and so I've seen that spot happen so many times, and in other last man the, in last man standing matches with the men, I've seen the last few times that I've seen that I'm like, eh, yeah, they're gonna do it, they're gonna get out of the knot, eh, whatever. <laughs> but to see these women do that was captivating, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like. Is she gonna? Is she gonna get out of it? Mm-hmm. And there was drama. Did. There were stakes. Yeah, it actually spots felt like you that we spots that we've seen the men go through time and time again. To see the women go through those were interesting, and like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that, or I can't believe they're they're gonna try that, you know, and that's what made it a great match. I mean, it was exciting. It was entertaining. It was, uh, you know gut-wrenching and uh, you know had me on the it, it had me on the edge of my seat yeah 
I mean, the end of the match when Becky Lynch put Charlotte through the table was a legit holy shit moment. Yeah. I literally, I was just, I when she just went through the table and her head bounced like, holy shit. And then, you know, she couldn't get back up. It was brutal. Um, one of my favorite parts of the match was completely unintentional when um, Charlotte had Be- Becky in the figure eight yeah. through the ladder. And you see the referee just kick. The, yeah, he's kicking the chair over because Becky can't reach it. And he's just like, he's trying to do it as nonchalantly as possible, but it's like the cameraman is in the complete, he's in the, the wrong position for it to, for not to be seen. I mean, so you, all you see is the referee's looking, he's like, oh, oh, and his right foot's like, yep. get over there. You need a, another, another Instagram account you should follow is WrestleBotch. Mm-hmm. And of course they picked up on it. Of course, because it's, it, it was obvious. And they said the referee, I think it was Mike Kyoto. Yes, it save was. With the. With the save. Also, awesome. when um when Becky put Charlie to that table at the end of the match, you see him. He's holding on to Becky to Becky's belt. Yeah. So she doesn't go flying over as well, and that's veteran vet leadership. <laughs> I this was my favorite match of the year. I think the only thing that come close to it is the Gauntlet match we had a couple months ago on Raw. Were Rollins, yeah, but and Cena and Reigns, yeah, yeah. The only thing I was like waiting those two matches, like, well, that after Rollins got eliminated in that Gauntlet match, it kind of went downhill in quality. Yeah, yeah the, ma- the 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 uh, momentum of that match yeah. completely derailed. Whereas in, in this match, his last woman standing match, it was just mwah, chef kiss, a plus the entire match. Absolutely. Uh, okay, my favorite match of the night for sure. Yeah, by. I don't know how any wrestling fan can say anything different, yeah. but you know, let's get to the final match of the night: Ronda Rousey versus uh, Nikki Bella for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Great match, yes, much better than I was expecting. Yeah, uh, Ronda Rousey obviously, you know, retained the title, mm-hmm. came out on top, beat the odds of you know dealing with the Bella Twins. Um, and the, honestly, out, that's the only way that you can make. The Bella Twins seem like a threat to Ronda Rousey. You know, someone who's won championship everywhere, championships everywhere she's went. It's like we got a the two on one, and it worked to it worked to perfection. It was actually like I never felt like she was gonna lose the match per se, but there were there were definitely you know it was there was drama there. It was the it was the perfect balance of um it was the it was the right amount of like. Star making uh, ingredients because mm-hmm. it's like she didn't look too strong and it, be, and it wasn't a complete squash match and she didn't look it didn't look too unbelievable that a legitimate killer like a legitimate fighter and a legitimate Olympian could lose that match or, or you know have to overcome adversity in a, in a pro wrestling match. Yeah. All their matches have been like the except for the Alexa Bliss one. Yeah. That one was just wham, bam, thank you, man. Every every other match she's had, the one at WrestleMania, the uh, Money in the Bank match she had against Nia Jackson, mm-hmm. and then the one on Evolution, they've been competitive matches where it's back and forth. And right. The, the right amount of, of strength and uh, the right amount of having to overcome something you know having to not over defy the odds but 
to, the, the right amount of struggle for her. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah. It was just, a, it was just believable enough for her, you know, her struggle in that match. When she had both of the Bellas up and was doing that, uh, I don't know what it's called, what the WWE name of it would be, but that's mm-hmm. a modified Samoan drop. I, I was just like, one of them has a, a surgery repaired neck. Maybe we shouldn't be swinging them like this. <laughs> that was the only like minor quibble I had with the match. Well, Nikki well, like also the, took a few judo throws as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she took a few tosses and. You know, they, those are hard to not um, execute fully. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to slow those down. Those look painful. And, uh, you know, props, props to her for taking those, those flips. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. This by far was my favorite WWE pay-per-view. It didn't go on for six hours like right. SMA or SummerSlam and there were no real dull moments I mean I think the wor- the most the I'm trying to think the worst match for me was probably the Battle Royal just cause I'm not that I, I like the Royal Rumble better sure. and then maybe you, you would say the uh, Banks Bailey Natalia match yeah, just in terms of interest, it but, was my, but I mean it was a good match. It's a good, the, the, you know, those performers are all great performers. Yeah, but the the Lynch Flair match made up for anything, and then like the Rousa Nikki Bella, it's like if you you wash your jeans and you find three dollars in there, right. you're not like oh damn, oh shit, it's twenty. It's like oh three dollars, yeah. nice surprise. And that's Absolutely. how I felt that match. Like oh. Hey, thanks. I found three bucks. Ooh, I feel great now. But yeah, best best pay per view. Um, and we were t- we texted about this earlier, or I had I had idea where like the WWE should move into the a model instead of saying they have a big four of pay per views. They should do a big six, which would consist of Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Money in the Bank, Evolution, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Thank you. I knew it. I was. I was coming up on that six one like you. I lost that one. Biggest party of the summer. Have yeah, they should. They should do one of the, like those every two months, and then have one of the smaller pay per views in between, mm-hmm. and just build off of that. All right, so we're done with the carrot. Now here comes the stick. <laughs> WWE Crown Jewel yeah. happened this Friday. They went through with it, yeah. and. Um, Something else we texted about, I said basically it was going to happen unless uh, his buddy, President Trump, nixed it. Yeah, I mean, the only way you're not going to Saudi Arabia is if the government steps in and yeah. says, don't go. Um, Have you seen any of it? Yeah, I watched it. Most I, I saw all of it except for the main event. I just wasn't very interested in... Especially when I found out that Shawn Michaels and Triple H DX were headlining the show against... Oh, that was the main event? That was the main event. Oh, I didn't even know that. Kane and The Undertaker, the Brothers of Destruction. Um, You know, a match I would have been interested in. Interested in... 
15 years ago. But um, So I didn't finish the match mm-hmm. because, like, the day ran and I, you know, had time to watch most of the show. I started an hour after it, you know, I, I started, I was an hour behind, basically, from when I started to watch it, but... So by the time I got to the main event, I I had to stop and I couldn't couldn't finish it. But from what I saw and from what I've heard, by all accounts, it's like Shawn Michaels, you know, still after eight years of not performing as a full time or part time as a as a pro wrestler, still can bring it. Um, you think we'll get the AJ Styles Shawn Michaels match? I, I don't, no. but and that's okay. But it's nice to know that you know that it, it's nice to know that he came back and it wasn't just uh, an old man trying to put on a show. It was an old guy, an old man who could still put on a show. And that's kind of because that's what we're getting with the Undertaker and Kane. It's like these are old guys who. Still trying to, you know, put on a, a, a show for you. And it's just not very good. I heard this idea from a podcast, I believe it was the Why So Serious podcast, where it should basically be like an open invitation on Shawn Michaels, where he's like, I'm not here for titles or anything like that. I just want to prove that I can still do it. Sure. And like maybe like every, well, I'm not sure if he can do every pay per view or yeah. if he even wants to, but it's like, hey, in this pay per view, you know, anybody wants to mm-hmm. have that meeting have at me and then we'll see we get a legends tour yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's something like hey I'm a, I'm here for these six pay-per-views anybody wants it come get it I mean you had me from Wrestlemania to SummerSlam or SummerSlam to Wrestlemania and then I'm done yeah I mean the, the matches you would want to see are with Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. with AJ it's, Styles um, who else? Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, right, right. You know, if you could find a way to get those three matches in, mm-hmm. cool. I don't need to see them anymore. I, I mean, I really don't need to see them, but I'm not going to, you know, especially knowing that he can still bring it. I'm not gonna complain. I'm not gonna. It's like it's like cake. I don't need cake, but if someone brings it over to me. Yeah, I'm gonna eat said yeah. cake, especially if it's good cake. Yeah, and from from what you said, all reports, Shawn Michaels still has. He's. I'm not gonna finish that thought. Shawn Michaels still, he's still doing great. He can still, he, he can still go. go, and that's that's, that's good. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, it's weird seeing him bald though. Well, boy. That's he, the same feeling I had about Triple H when he shaved his head. Yeah, but oh, the only speaking of is Triple H, like Triple H got lucky. Yeah. Shawn Michaels had to shave it down because uh, it was very Baron Corbinish. Oh, he had to come on home. Yeah, he had to come on home, and Hunter, you can still see his hairline. Mm-hmm. Like you can still see it's it's intact. He just did it. He chose to do it. I guess for the you know. The, the boardroom yeah for the business side yeah um, but Sean it was yeah he, it was time to go um, yeah. uh, uh, speaking of Hunter he, uh, 
news after the match came out. He tore his pick. That's what I heard as well. I didn't like I said. I haven't finished the whole match. I do want to go. Might as well go back and finish it. But um, I haven't. I don't remember seeing that. You know where it could have happened in the, up to the point that I I watched. But um, yeah, that's apparently he tore his pec, and that's yeah. I saw on Twitter people talking about. Uh, before the news came out, they were like, he came back and he's only throwing punches with his left his left hand. Yeah. Um, he's one of the toughest guys in the sport. I mean, I'll always remember him tearing his quad Ooh. and still um, allowing Jericho to put him in the walls of Jericho on the, the announcer table. Yeah. If Finishing I, the match. Yeah. If I tear my quads, I am done. Yeah. Ain't no more work for me for months. Yep. Um, let's see, what else? Did you watch any of the... I haven't watched none of it. I refuse to, to watch any you are, of it. Okay, you yeah, are. I just, watch like, I understand the whole business side of working with Saudi Arabia. Our country has done, has been in the middle... Our country's basically fucked up the Middle East for decades. Yeah. Before, and we'll probably fuck it up in, for decades to come. So I understand, but still, if I can make a stand and say, you know what, this journalist, he went, he was trying to fight for, he report, he report, he wrote in the, his last column in the Washington Post was about how to make things better in Saudi Arabia, and then he goes in Turkey, yeah, goes in the consulate, picks up, try to pick up information for his, for his fiance, and then he just never comes out. And they lie about it constantly. Say, oh, he came out, and then oh, we don't know what happened to him. And now the story is, well, he's dead, but the crown prince never didn't assign the hit. It's like, I, yeah, I just you know, I needed, I just had to do something, and just I, be transparent. I, yeah, it's like I just felt, them. I just felt completely dirty about the whole situation. I understand the WWE going, um, probably it was hell trying to get out of the contract you have with Saudi Arabia. More likely, it's just money because reports. There's no official word of how much they're getting from Saudi Arabia, from Saudi Arabia for these ten years, but it's been rumored anywhere from five hundred million to a, a billion. Yeah, yeah. That's I. I read four hundred fifty million. Mm-hmm. So for ten years, like yeah, it's two shows a year. Yeah, even if it's let's say it's just four hundred million dollars, just four hundred million dollars. Okay. That's like what's that? 20 million a show yeah yeah I finance I understand our government has done terrible things in the Middle East for money so I, yeah, I, I mean, guess we, it's understandable but I just I just it was one thing I just I just stepped away from and honestly you didn't miss much I think <clears throat> I think, I feel like when they do they do this with the Great Royal Rumble and the Super Show it's basically glorified house shows, and anything that's really important that happens, somebody will have a video or a gif of it within twenty minutes of it happening. So I'm, I don't really feel like I'm missing much. And you didn't miss much, or else you would have seen gifts galore. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, I want to say the way I look at it, the the way those matches were put together. The mat, everything that happened, I feel like it was just business as usual. No, not even. I think it was a, a matter of 
yeah, we're taking their money. Mm-hmm. We're taking a lot of their money. They're paying us a lot of money to be here. Um, and normally, we would treat it like uh, the greatest Royal Rumble. Where it felt important. Whether, however you feel about that country going into that first event, mm-hmm. it was still a big you know, pay-per-view feel to it. And I think that this time around, I think the the resistance was so great and so the backlash was so strong against the WWE that Vince it se- it just from what I from what I watched it just seems like Vince decided normally I wouldn't care what people think. But maybe I do understand a little bit. So let's just put a show together mm-hmm. and just get the hell out of here. Because it wasn't... Collect a, that check and bounce. It wasn't a great show. Brock Lesnar won the Universal title in five minutes. You know, uh, Shane McMahon is the best in the world, according to the WWE. And Did you see that tweet he put out? Yeah. The funniest thing about that, it's like, of course that's going to happen to The Miz and Dolph Ziggler. Of course, Dolph Ziggler is going to get beaten by a McMahon in a match claiming to be the, you know, claiming to fight for the best, the, the title of best in the world. You know, Dolph Ziggler has been one of the most underrated guys, underutilized guys for a long time. Mm-hmm. And of course, a McMahon is, is pinning him in that situation. The Miz is one of the is the most underrated performer of all time, or of the modern era. He's never been hurt. Fulfills countless promotional obligations for the company um, has headlined to Wrestlemania has held numerous titles and in theory has a big time match as you know with the title of best in the world on, on the line and he gets replaced by McMahon why was he replaced apparently it's to from what I've read from Dave Meltzer or heard from Dave Meltzer it's that they're turning Shane heel, and they're setting up uh, survive, the Survivor Series match. Oh no no no! I mean, what happened in the so to make him the Tuesday night before? Mm-hmm. They did this segment where Shane had the four guys that were in the tournament: Orton, Rey Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, and the Miz. You know, he had them in his office, and he said, "Whoever." is in the finals because they split the brackets down. They they split the brackets. The four guys from SmackDown are fighting each other and so there's going to be a SmackDown representative in the final and the four guys from Raw are going to fight and so a Raw representative will be at the end in the final. So he told them whoever is in the final from SmackDown, if they lose the match, they're fired, they're out of the job. So 
you had that kind of looming. Mm-hmm. But they did this storyline where the Miz is about to start. You know, he's getting ready for the match. You know, uh, he decides to take a cheap shot at Ziggler before the bell rings, knocks him out of the ring. So Ziggler's out of the ring, and so he comes over the ropes, or you know, through the ropes, and he's on the apron, and he's gonna, you know, he's setting up to jump off the apron to, you know, like double axe handle, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Ziggler. So when he jumps, he comes down and lands, and he pulls up, you know, like he blew out a knee or twisted, turned an ankle or whatever. So he comes up limp, and the referee is determined after a few minutes that he, he is unable to uh, perform. So they, they did an injury angle. Uh, the more you talk about this match, I'm the more happy I am that I And as the referee out. is about to say, or disqualify, you know, or, or, you know, award Ziggler the victory by forfeit, mm-hmm. Shane is like, no, 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 we're not going to do it this way, you know. and But the referee's like, he can't perform. He's like, no, we're... We, we're not doing it this way. He goes, I'm going to take his place. And so they also note that the referee was a SmackDown referee. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's in cahoots with Shane. You know, they could delay the forfeiture by pressuring the referee to letting him be in the match. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious. I loved it because I thought it was hilarious. Because I loved it because it was so embarrassing to watch. Mm. That's why I enjoyed that, what they did. I'll take your without believing you. I just have a question. Uh, have and they... the matches, the qualifying, the, the qualifying matches, you know, in this tournament, you know, you, you had two guys at the end of the day were wrestling three times in one night. The matches weren't even that good. You had Rollins versus Bobby Lashley, and that was okay. You had Ziggler and Kurt Angle in the first round, and Kurt Angle can still go, and it was uh, it was cool to see him wrestle. But and and as for a guy who likes who prefers that the current stars go over and build their reputation. Still, it was weird watching him take a pin against Dolph Ziggler. As much as I like Dolph Ziggler and think he's underrated and undervalued, it was still weird to see him take a pin against Dolph Ziggler. And it felt kind of sad. And then the matches on the SmackDown side were very okay. They weren't great. You had Mysterio and Orton and Hardy and The Miz. And then... The Miz and, and Mysterio, and it just the matches just weren't great. They, you know, and then you had Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles because Dol- uh, Daniel Bryan also boycotted. So Bobby Lashley replaced John Cena in the tournament, and Samoa Joe fought AJ Styles for the WWE title because in r- real life Cena and Daniel Bryan boycotted, mm-hmm. essentially boycotted. You know. They they played their top star card and said, we're not going. Yeah, Cena was like, I got a future in Hollywood and I can't have this. Right, I can't and be associated with Apparently this. from the dirt sheets, Daniel Bryan refused to go because 
when he was there for the greatest world rumble, he saw some things that made him that he wasn't aware. He, he wasn't, wasn't aware, aware of what it's really like in Saudi Arabia going yeah. before that. He's one of the most lefty leaning guys in the company, so he's like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. So um Samoa Joe and AJ Styles was a good match, but it was just like Can I talk about Samoa Joe? You know. Are they done giving him the the um, Nakamura treatment? He's fought for the title what four times? I don't know. At this point. I mean, I don't want to see it anymore because so who's the next challenger for that that title? Well, that's the thing about Survivor Series is that we you, won't you, know you get that break. Yeah. Because you can kind of focus on building champion versus champion, Brock versus AJ. Um, what else did you have? You had the New Day facing the bar for the tag titles, and I don't. I was on my phone during that match as well, just scrolling through Instagram and Facebook. It just was. It was just a show that. I, it just felt like they put it together just to put it together and you know oh you're forgetting one thing about the show and you kick it off with the return of the Hulkster Hulkamaniac Hulkamania is, is running wild through Saudi Arabia racism is running wild through Saudi Arabia and you should have heard the promo he he apologized profusely and he said let me tell you something brother if Hulkamania, what you gonna do? What you gonna do, brother? If if Hulkamania catches you using racial epithets, what you gonna do? Because the Hulkster, the Hulkster knows, dude. The Hulkster knows now, brother, that you can't be talking about the brothers like that, dude. You can't be using those. You can't words. be talking about the Nick. I mean, bro, bro. God damn it, you almost caught me, dude. You almost caught the Hulkster. What you gonna do when Hulkamania runs wild on you, brother, when he catches you using racist words? So he'll join you. That's what he'll do. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, I okay. Let me okay. Ring well, before you go. Before you go on, go ahead. The most disappointing part of that is like this whole time Hulk Hogan has been away, has been, you know has been out, has been uh, excommunicated. You know, like Arnold did it. Arnold Schwarzenegger did it. You'd think the man would stay in the gym this whole time. My God, it was it was sad to see him cut, come out with that cut-off shirt and to see his arms, which were, you know, they're, they're big, but they're flabby, you know. They're like... At least you could have been working out this whole time, dude. Couldn't even do that. It was, it was just, it was a sad sight all around. For, you know, it was, it was uncomfortable all around because of what he said. Uh, what you know the where they were at, and just the fact that the man. Hadn't been in the gym in a long time, it looked like. It was, yeah, it, it was... It was pretty cringe. Question, I just have a question for you. In 2018, what does Hulk Hogan do for you as a company? Well, uh, he goes to Saudi Arabia and... Um, 
represents is the representative. Of I'm not worried about Saudi Arabia. I'm talking about in America. That's it. No, there's there's nothing else for him to do, but to go to Saudi Arabia and be one of the old timers that that the Saudis wanted at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Remember, they wanted Yokozuna, they wanted the Ultimate Warrior, and they wanted someone else. And it was like, oh, those guys are all dead and been dead, right? So that's all you can do with Hulk Hogan is Price take him to boy, Andre the Giant, right? Take him to Saudi Arabia where. You can still take him because he's still alive, and he can still represent the. Uh, um, he can still represent the the legacy that the fans want to see. They they want to see the old, you know the 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 old generation of wrestlers that they are just now seeing on television, and. He can't say no. He can't take the moral high ground on this issue at this point. It's like they could tell him, if they told him to go to North Korea, he he's on the first plane to North Korea because he's, he's not in a position to uh, attempt to be the moral compass for anybody. I mean, he's... He still is um, paying for his transgressions, his own immoral transgressions, and so he's he's going to go where they're going to send him. And if it, and especially if it gives him a chance to just be on TV, it could be in the worst place in the world. But he's he's going to be there. I just want to say my official position on Hulk Hogan yeah. is fuck Hulk Hogan. Okay. All right, we're going to hold on to that <laughs> until he makes an actual apology and does something to prove that that he's sorry for his actions and his words. What would that be? Like, because I, I want to... Because um, you, always, you always want someone to be truly contract and you want them to really uh, learn from their you know learn from their faults and their their actions but also like how do you how are people like because I feel like I'm glad you say that, that you're willing to, you seem like you'd be willing to give him a chance to show that he's contrite. Where I feel like people don't get an, they don't get that chance. They don't want to, they don't want to see that. Like, you want it to be meaningful. First and foremost, there's got to be an actual apology. Every apology I've heard from him has been some variation of I'm sorry that I got caught. I got caught, and for me, it's like if a, if you were on a on a jury and a bank robber came in, and he was like, "I'm not sorry, I stole the money. I'm sorry those damn cameras saw me." You wouldn't be like, "This guy has no." There's no remorse in his words. I don't think there's any remorse in the whole Kogan. He's not again. He's not sorry that he did the crime. He's mm-hmm. sorry 
that if the, the the crime got out, that people know about it. That the crime affected his or tarnished his legacy. Yeah, because he would have said the those that entire statement that he said, mm-hmm. and no one would have known about it. He still would have been he would have been out here the last what, two three years collecting a check from WWE. Yeah, and we had no idea. Uh, so an official uh, actual apology would be nice and then do something with those that you affected with your words maybe you know I mean we're in the goddamn com- campaign season help help some people out come forward and say hey if you were been racist against black people like me now's the time for you to to realize your mistake and mm-hmm have a come to Jesus moment and we can learn together and be better together something like that but there's none, none of that and uh, I've yeah. said it before in this podcast I understand putting him back in the Hall of Fame because the WWE doesn't exist without Hulk Hogan and what he did in the, in the 80s but there's a difference between having your history and glorifying it and that's what it feels like you're doing with Hulk Hogan with him coming back. The same thing I feel like with the Confederate statues. You can have history with the statues of the Confederate leaders or whatever, but you don't have to like put them in your, the middle of your goddamn city or right, put, right. have the names on the streets or you know have them carved into goddamn mountains. You can put that shit in a museum and books. You can keep your history there without displaying it and showing like oh showing. Um, this is glorifying yes. yep so through it all racism or not Hulkamania still lives yep. and it's uh, it's not the Hulkamania I grew up with it's, it's oh and for any white fanboys who come up in my mentions talking about you need to forgive Ho Hogan he he he, it was just some words. Just give it a fuck you too. Goddamn. No one's around here calling you a nigga. That's why it's easy for you to say to forgive him. So you shut your goddamn mouth. I can hate that man till he dies. Sure. And then dance on his motherfucking grave. He's not sorry he did it. He's sorry he got caught. There's a difference. And when he proves that he's actually remorseful towards African Americans, towards the blacks, towards us, yeah. Then I will let it go. Until then, fuck Hulk Hogan and fuck you, fanboy white boy who come to my mentions talking that shit. There's, I can't believe there are people who still, like wrestling fans that still. I feel like most wrestling fans are not. I want to point out there are still there are people out here that admit to be Nazis. Okay, <laughs> nothing surprises me anymore. Fair enough. But it's yeah, it's not the Hulkamania I, I grew up with, and it's. Not a whole. It's not the whole community I want to to keep running with. Yeah, that whole community needs to stop somewhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. Next topic. Uh, Netflix. Yeah. Just came out and uh, canceled Iron Fist and Luke Cage. So, are they still going to be on Netflix though? The shows themselves. Yeah. Season one, two. Yeah, they're still there. Okay. For oh, for now. For an yeah, for now. Okay, because I've never seen any of them. No. <laughs> so, I was surprised. Well, no, I, I wasn't. I guess I was 
no, I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, I was not surprised at all because it's like, you know, everybody said how terrible that first season of Iron Fist was. Oh, yes. And then you came out and said that the second season was an improvement. Mm. But Again, that first season of Iron Fist, I fell asleep on episode 10, woke up on episode 11, and just turned my Xbox off and never went back. Right. And then to hear you say that season two was an improvement, but you didn't say, man, season two was amazing and they made up for it. So unless you... What unless you do... Season two of Iron Fist is only ten episodes, which is great because that's one of the problems that all the Netflix shows have, all the Netflix Marvel shows. Thirteen episodes is a lot to ask for, and there's, yeah. there's a lot of filler. They should all, all of them should be like. Maybe I definitely get down to eight. But I definitely got that perfect. feeling with the Punisher season one, um, but the yeah, fact that, that killed um, the first season of um, Luke Cage. There were a couple episodes in there. It was like we really could chop this up and made two episodes into one, especially in the back end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the biggest problem with Luke Cage, of course, is when they kill off Cottonmouth. <laughs> Thanks for the spoiler. Uh, oh shit! I'm I'm kidding. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I've had two years to watch the first season. I'm sorry. I could, That's okay. That's how uh, fast I forgot you was here. No, but the fact that you know nobody said, "Wow." Season two of Iron Fist was great, and they made up for that terrible season one. So if you're not gonna if you're not gonna do that, then what is the point of continuing with the show? If you're not gonna if you're not gonna right the wrongs of the first season, they did right they did right the wrongs, and but if you're not gonna bring it to the level of Daredevil that everybody is like, wow, that's well. it's so good. <laughs> well, it's like um. Like Iron Fist is like um, what was that? The the Flash or Arrow? We had our problems with Arrow season. I think it was season three with Damian Dark and the yeah. magic. Yeah. And the same thing I had. I don't know about you, but I had an issue with Flash season three, the Savitar thing. Mm-hmm. Season four was better for both se- both shows, and season five. Season five Arrow is my favorite season, and season five right now the Flash has been excellent. So. TV, you can write the wrongs, but it's, it is it's not. You can't write everything in that next season. It might take a season. So, so I think the next season, like season three of Iron Fist and season three of Luke Cage, they would have been. They're not going to be as excellent as Daredevil, but they could have reached that first season where mm-hmm. it was like, damn, this is really good. But the problem with that is, is with the Flash and Arrow, seasons one and even two of those shows were good. If you're starting at a deficit after season one, you're, it's it's really hard to make up for it. Um, well, the only one we really started at deficit was Iron Fist. Right, right. Luke so, Cage was was good for like half a season, well, more than half a season. It's kind of trailed out. Right. So the that villain when they switched the villain and it just went downhill. But Sorry. that's more that's that's a more traditional TV route. It's that. Show's good if the first season, second season's not as good. Maybe we don't need that show. So that's not a surprise to see it get canceled in in that regard. Iron Fist, it's very rare that you have a show that's not very good at, at the very beginning. And 
you know, you don't have enough, you don't take, you know, you don't have the whole, a whole lot of time to take it from, from a bad show to a great show. You can take it from a bad show, being a bad show to a good show, but it's hard to maintain, it's hard to want to keep it going. But if you take it from a bad show to a great show, then you've really done something. You've really, you know, defied the odds and made it worth watching and made it, you know, worth continuing the production. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not surprised there. And also, with both of these shows, they're both Marvel shows. Marvel's getting ready for their streaming service. So in that regard, if they ever wanted to do something with those characters on their own platform, the fact that they cancel them now, the timing isn't is not surprising to me either, because it's like they are getting ready for that. So maybe they want to have those in the back burner to retool and yeah. see where we go from here. But I don't know how the rights work. Like even with the shows canceled, the do they go back to Marvel for them having on a streaming service, or are they still Netflix property to use? Until all four right. or five with the Punisher are done, mm-hmm. um, I I can't believe Iron Fist got canceled before the Punisher. I'm not a big Punisher fan. It always seems like I don't know how you do multiple seasons of the Punisher. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, look. Um, look, I still have John Bernthal became a star from the Punisher, but so that's why. I mean, that's why you keep it going. But and that other the guy. Who was who played Iron Fist? I don't even know the guy's name. And and there you go. Like he was in Game of Thrones. What's his name? Like you can you can uh, afford to let that guy go because he's not he's not a burgeoning star. You know, if he becomes a star later on down the line, eh, you know, I remember him when. But John Berthal became a star pretty much right after you know right away. Let's see. Finn Jones. Okay. Uh, so, season season three. Which I started, I saw the first episode and I liked it. I you know what else hurt? Because we're not really 100% sure why Netflix canceled. Because Netflix doesn't, um, they don't release their, their rating system yeah. so we have no idea if people actually watch or anything but but I know that as far as the, the, the Marvel shows this year and especially for even Daredevil I haven't seen the promotion that I've seen in years past because mm-hmm. when Daredevil like the week before it came out I remember I was watching I was watching something on Netflix and then you know it will have a little commercial it pops up it's like Daredevil season 3 starts next week and I was like next week? I'm a Marvel fan, and I didn't even know it was done. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Netflix, they can afford to... Netflix, it's like they don't have to really promote anymore. Big, like, they don't really have to push strong, like, big-time promoting. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's, it's there. You turn on Netflix... And as soon as you turn on Netflix, it's like, here's what's on. And, you know, so you're going to see, you're going to come across it eventually. You know, if, if you're into the Marvel stuff, you're going to come across the new season of Daredevil. You know, and it's not saying that they have to completely 
uh, stop promoting it, but it doesn't have to be on every, you know, commercial doesn't have to be on every, every hour somewhere, you know, it can, you know, you can kind of spread your promotion out a little bit and, and people will still find it. And pe- it's, it was popular enough that people are going to find it and they're going to tune in. Yeah. And speaking of Netflix, you know, they had their own original content. I, when I talk about them promoting the, the these shows, Iron Fist, Daredevil, and such, that's probably part of it. They're like, why are we promoting Marvel stuff when they're about to come out with their streaming service? Mm-hmm. That's just gonna help them. We have our own shit that we're spending millions of dollars on. Yeah. And you know, we're we just uh, got Shonda Rhimes and other producers and and filmmakers. We need to start pumping out our stuff. And if that's at the expense of Marvel, so, so what? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 100% agree on that too yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, speaking of the Marvel streaming service it looks like it's it looks like I have, I'm not going to have any choice but to buy that with all the stuff they're saying they're putting out they're going to be making new Star Wars movies and shows on it um we um Maybe when these defenders are done with um, Netflix, they go over there. And then the news that came out a week ago, they're talking about uh, having uh, basically eight, six, and eight episode TV shows about Scarlet Witch, Loki. Uh, There's talk about like basically a buddy cop with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier Mm -hmm. with the actors and actresses from the movies. Well, they have the cash. To pay those guys, yeah, Disney. It's like you guys are really. It's like they looked at what DC did with their DC Unlimited, and like, okay, so we can't come out here with nothing. We have to do something. We're gonna have to shoot it up with some steroids. Yeah, some some human growth hormones. And they were and they were talking about it's gonna be priced less than Netflix. It's How like, can you not? It's it's a bargain. It's like point. it's like goddamn Disney. It's not even my money in my wallet anymore. It's just it's yours. I'm just holding on to it. United States of Disney. Yeah, it's me. really. They just it's they, they take everything. That damn mouse just grabs my wallet, shakes it, takes all the cash and coins. But we still love that mouse. Oh yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there day one for both uh, Captain Marvel and Avengers Four. Breaking news from SportsCenter, Floyd Mayweather announced on Sunday night at a Tokyo press conference that he will participate in an MMA fight in the Reason? Ryzen? Ryzen, yeah, fighting position <laughs> on December 31st. What? Yeah, this just came down my um, my timeline. I gotta I got look into this because I'm not... And this is from the actual the Sports Center Twitter page. I made sure uh, they weren't messing with me. That's just. Are you kidding me? Why is it? Floyd doesn't need the money. So what is with? You just bored? Uh, it's the competition. It's the challenge. It's the the roar of the crowd of the audience, man, cheering your name. It's the goddamn CTE settling in. Like you got punched enough. Hey, Dallas Keiko won his fourth career goal. Congratulations, yeah. Dallas Keiko as well. 
Oh, in case you're wondering, our next podcast is going to be baseball-centric. I can guarantee you that. There is a lot to, you know, a lot going on. You know, it's it's a fun time to be... The, like, the winter time is always fun. Because you just never know what's going to happen. Save it. Next podcast, I, I will... We'll answer questions about teams in the off season, and I guarantee every team in there I'll make up questions or statistics about players. Every team will have at least one, even the goddamn Cincinnati Reds, and that that is a struggle. Um, wow! So this is really happening. We are breaking news. This this is incredible. Because even Ariel Helwani is commenting on this, or is tweeting about it. Ryzen FF Fighting Federation just announced that Floyd Mayweather Jr. will fight undefeated sensation Tenshin Nasukawa on 12:31, and at the Saitama Super Arena. Wow. The press conference is actually going on right now, it looks like, as of like 20 minutes ago. This is... This is huge. And it's huge for Ryzen. Ryzen... always seems to do this every now and again. They somehow find some big name to to get going and... Uh, or to, you know, to promote. And... Man, they've got one of the biggest names ever this time. That's huge. It, it's going to be interesting to see um, how this plays out because what I also read is that the guy he's fighting is... Hold on. According to I heard Ariel Helwani of ESPN... All I heard was undefeated. According to Ariel Helwani of uh, ESPN... For those that don't know, Tenshin, Tenshin Nasukawa is a legit, undefeated 20-year-old phenom. He just beat MMA fighter Kyoji, Ki, uh, or Kyoji Horiguchi in a kickboxing match. He just said he doesn't know the rules either. Mayweather says the weight class and rules will get situated in the next couple of weeks. So that that right there is interesting. I don't I don't know what that means. But we're going to see Floyd Mayweather in some sort of non-boxing combat match. Or strictly or a strictly non-boxing combat match. This is incredible. Uh, we will find out more. And there is a picture that was just tweeted by ESPN's Ariel Helwani of the press conference that's ongoing right now in, in Japan. And Floyd Mayweather, the Ryzen, I guess he's the chairman of Ryzen. Yeah, Ryzen chairman. And his opponent, they are at a press conference right now. That is crazy. Something to keep an eye out, man. I don't know. The idea of Floyd Wade, of Floyd Mayweather being in a mixed martial arts fight is 
on paper is laughable, but you never know. All right. Well, we broke some news. About to wrap it up. Let's uh, talk about everyone's favorite thing in the world. Voting! I early voted on Friday, on my birthday. Yeah, I early, I did early voting on Wednesday on Halloween. It was a spooky vote. Of course. Uh, I'm so glad. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I I'll just say right now, I voted for uh, Beto O'Rourke. Uh, because I cannot vote for a man who allowed another man to call his wife ugly, <laughs> accuse his father of taking, of having a role in the assassination of JFK, and not fighting, fighting that man. Right. Because if someone did that to you, if you didn't want to fight, I would fight for your honor. So I'd have to sense, if, if it happened to me, I'd have to go fight, or I have to send someone to go find him. You send me to go fight. I, 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 you, I, you cannot have that happen to you. Someone called your wife ugly. Say your daddy took part of the JFK assassination, and then do nothing and have the goddamn all fucking dashy to talk about how you're tough as Texas. Man, he made up for it by calling him beautiful. As my, boy, <laughs> as my boy Cam said, he out here looking like Flubber from Big Bad Beetleborgs. Man, fuck Ted Cruz. Beautiful Ted Cruz. <laughs> Zodiac killer ass Ted Cruz. Man, fuck that dude. Uh, it's... I, I can't believe um, that it is that this race has been so intense. I mean, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's, uh, I think uh, I saw on Twitter today. I mean, this is this is like a presidential campaign. Yeah, this is presidential level. More in terms of like notoriety, money that's been raised, everything. I so mean, this is just for a, a seat in the Senate. So far in Texas, more people have voted through early voting. And 2018, then people voted in 2014 for the for the uh, in the entire uh, time period. Mm -hmm. It's like it's crazy how how I don't. It's definitely a Trump the Trump factor. People want to send a message, whether they're oh either side of the issue, whether they're for or against him, and. I don't think I've ever seen this many like yard signs in my life. I mean, literally going from my house to my son's school, it's like a five minute drive. And in that five minutes, I've seen like eight or nine battle signs and like one lonely Ted Cruz sign. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely gotten a lot of people energized and a lot of people, um, excited about politics man like my mom went to go uh, she went to a, a Beto rally down the street um, at a nearby park it's gonna break her heart when you tell her I voted for handsome <laughs> dang <laughs> no um, and she yeah she actually got to take a picture with him and stuff and oh, it, you know it's her, her uh, Facebook profile picture oh, it's, wow. it's, a pre it's pretty awesome like it's it's awesome that she got to meet him you know um 
and you know he he's definitely a captivating guy like he's definitely someone that um, I don't know, we were ta- I was talking t- to my mom and she was like oh wouldn't it be awesome if he were you know you know if he could uh, if we could get I forget who she said as the presidential nominee and him as vice president I said let me just cut you off right there that that guy he's too his he, presence is too strong to be second fiddle he's it's either he's the type of guy that would run for president he's got that it's that Obama feel to him where yeah. it's like it's um, like Obama when he was running for president he basically like he went from a nobody to being a superstar like yeah. If overnight, and I feel like that's happening with Beto right now. Even if he loses the Senate race, don't be surprised if he's running for president in twenty twenty. Yeah, if he loses, he's not just going away. You yeah, know, he, he's going to be around. Yeah, he's, he's definitely here to stay. Yeah, with the energy he's brought to Texas, and I'm hoping he wins. But we'll see because Texas, no matter what, it's still it's still a red state, and um, Beto. He'll win. I I think I'll tell you more. He's gonna win the cities. He'll win Houston, Dallas. You know, oh, yeah, the big no, populations. Yeah, the, the metropolitan cities typically vote. Is just the um the out the areas outside that mm-hmm. he's gonna have an issue with. And you know, by all accounts, from what he said, you know, he's he said that he's gone to all these places. You know, two hundred and fifty four counties. Right. Not to. Um, not to like show that he's a Democrat, but to show that he's you know he's hoping to represent the state, you know, and that's been his big thing is that he's like he's he's campaigning on the idea that he's out to represent everybody and not just not just one particular party. Obviously, his leanings and his his ideas are are you know. Democrat, you know, that those of a Democrat, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, it's important that any politician um, is running and eventually leads with the best interest of everybody, you know, and, you know, uh, it, until that, if that doesn't happen, then Division will only increase. You know, that's that's really the only way you're going to bring people together is to show them that you are you're representing everybody. And he, he seems like he is. Uh, again, that's been his campaign. He said, "I'm not just you know I'm out to to represent everyone. You know, all all citizens of Texas. Each and every one of you, dirty, dirty." Even no. you, even the the low town, dirty Republicans, huh? Yeah. Or in your words, not mine. Oh, that's <laughs> my, my words. Only thing I've heard from the Republican Party in the past two three days is about this migrant fleet that's still two months away from hitting the United States border. Yeah, that's. 
it's all I don't know, man. It just kills me. Like if you list the I list the Republican, it's like they're the party of fear and um I was worried what I was looking for. I'll just say with I'll just stay with it. Part of your fear is like if you don't vote, then the, the these illegal immigrants are gonna come in here. They're gonna take your job and they're gonna kill your daughters while you sleep. And it's like for me, it's like how come you guys never talk about this tax cut that you swore that was gonna be for the middle class and it was gonna save you know an average person for what was it four thousand dollars and it was gonna help. The economy going, going, oh, is it because it really didn't help the middle class? It went all to billionaires. And it's just so weird that, like, if you you made all this noise about this damn tax cut and you said it was going to help people. And then a year later, none of your ads talk about the tax cut. Your ads are about, oh, if we elect this Democrat, then they're going to they're going to um, open the borders and they're going to. Uh, legalize all kind of narcotics and it's like why why you just talk about every just fear why don't you talk about all the things that you've done to help the, the country you guys can't even talk about the economy how great it is every every ad i see is an attack ad of democrats well yeah i think also all they can do is attack at this point i think even if Things were hunky dory. The division in this country is so great that I don't think no one side wants to hear anything that the other side has to say. And so if 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 the if one side is is not willing to listen, then why not attack or just attack? You know to 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 uh, solidify your own base. And it's not it's not right by any means, but I think that's what they're going with at this point. It's just like, no one wants to hear what one side has to say, so let's just, you know. If you were running as a Republican, what would you say right now? What would your, your slogan be? Help! Help! <laughs> help! Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Caravan! <laughs> Uh, as I don't know, we're gonna build this eighty billion dollar wall that we swore Mexico was gonna pay for. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what I would, how I would campaign. I don't know how I would campaign as just a politician, like for any side, really. <clears throat> but you know, it would be nice to be able to. Do some good in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. I could never be a politician. Somebody would say something and cut me the wrong way, and it, I would just all the curse words coming out. Uh, okay, so by the time this podcast comes out on Monday, mm-hmm. there'll be time for people to go. You know, you have one more day. Tuesday's election day. Go vote. It's for the future of the country. And this is important. Go vote. Well, I personally hope that you vote Democratic through the entire ticket. Just go vote. Yeah. Show your show your voice. Also, when you vote and you get to the end, make sure you check your uh, 
your ballot. Make sure your 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 votes for Cruz aren't turned into Beto, and make sure your votes for Beto aren't turned into Cruz. Exactly. If we make sure everything's on the up and up as much as we can, <laughs> go vote tomorrow. Do it. Got nothing else to do. You heard the man. Oh, okay. Last topic of the day, and a very very big topic for us here on the podcast. We are on Spotify now. Never thought I'd hear that, but we sure are. I've I've followed the page now. I follow the page on Spotify. Oh, me too. Um, and I want to give thanks to Laura, our friend Laura, who encouraged it and yes, reminded. Like, well, not reminded, but um, gave yeah, gave us the idea that that option is out there. Because I'll be honest, I don't use Spotify, so I didn't even think about it. I use it mostly for music. Um, a couple, I listen to a couple of podcasts through it, um, but I just I, honestly, I felt like you could only put certain podcasts on there. Like it was only for the big guys. Yeah, yeah, we are definitely nowhere near. Um, so when Laura asked about it, I was I just told her, hey, I I don't have Spotify, so I'll never think about it. And she was like, well. I listen to podcasts on there that'd be easier for you for you to use and such. And I was like, you know what, let me look into it, see, you know, what we have to do to get on there, right? And li- I literally Google how to put podcasts on Spotify and the page comes up and it's like, Hey, if you already host on such and such site, here's how to do it. And we our hosting site is Podbean and literally it's like, it took three button clicks for us to apply it's amazing to get on Spotify and so you know I, I do it and it's like oh you'll hear back within 48 to 72 hours to see if you're approved I tell I kid you not we were approved the next day it was less than 12 hours that's awesome from when I uh, applied and usually on this podcast we if we put out a podcast for a week we'll get somewhere between maybe 50 to 60 you know downloads slash streams or whatever this thing's been on Spotify we've been on there for less than a week and we already have over 160 streams on Spotify it's beautiful man and you know that's that's what I love about it it's like you don't have to download you don't have to wait for it it's just like it's there and you just click play and it starts right up yeah it's so it's so crazy it's like it's already it's like the only thing that's more popular than Spotify for people to get our podcast is just Chrome and it's ridiculous considering that, you know, we're on iTunes or we're on um, the Apple podcast app and, um, and Spotify has already crushed those already. So it's <laughs> great for us. Hopefully uh, we can continue to build and uh, get bigger and get a sponsor. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Who's listening to us right now? Sweden and the UK. So thank you. Hey, shout out to Sweden and the UK. Yeah, so far in the past, what is this? 
Yeah, there are two biggest within the last three days. That's definitely Spotify. Spotify. So that's great for us. And hope that if you're listening to Spotify right now, you just share so we can get bigger and better. Definitely. Oh, anything else on that? I think we're almost at two hours. I think that's it. But We are at two hours. <laughs> Thank you guys for everything for the first hundred episodes. Um, it's been fun. You know, we're going to keep going with it. Yeah. Hopefully keep getting better. That's that's all you can hope for. Um, quick plug. Mm-hmm. For anybody that's listening here in Houston, come on out to the Little Dipper Bar downtown. On Thanksgiving night, 8 p.m., I'm going to be spinning records again. On the ones and twos. I'm back. And uh, got a pretty pretty cool, pretty fun playlist lined up. Um, no spoilers. No spoilers. But uh, it it's, a, it's fun to do. It's, it's fun to put these types of playlists together. And, and uh, it's humbling to see so many friends and family show up and and uh, give a listen to what kind of music I'm into. So I feel like I'm doing something right. Hey, they invite you back. You must be doing something right. So yeah. Uh, plug your Twitter. I still, I always forget to look it up. <laughs> but I don't use Twitter very much, so it's okay. All right, well. Just come out to the Little Dipper on yeah, come out a little dipper. I'll try to make us. I'll make a stop. Might only be there for 10, 15 minutes. So come see me. Come see my man over here dropping those sick beats. Ricka, ricka, what? <laughs> I'm uh, not quite there yet. <laughs> my Twitter is Quinn underscore 288. Follow this man. He he tweets more than I do. And he gets some big time. He gets some big time responses and big time numbers on his his tweets yeah it's so crazy sometimes it'd be the stupidest tweets that go that go big for you <laughs> um and that's it yeah episode 100 done and in the uh, books in the book and we can't wait to come back and do 100 more at least all right for anthony i'm de quincey later baby <laughs>